Hey everyone, Kelby Bachman here to make a quick announcement before we get started. I have partnered with Gina Perry and Beat the Streets National in hopes to help raise money for their Gear Up campaign. The Gear Up campaign aims to provide youth with a new pair of wrestling shoes, headgear, and workout clothing. We've all been touched by wrestling in some shape or form, so now let us provide the same gift wrestling gave us to those who need it most. You can donate at national.beatthestreets.org slash letstalkwrestling or help spread the word about the Gear Up campaign campaign. You can find the link and more information about the campaign in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support. Now, let's talk some wrestling. Yeah. I know we just signed a deal, but I need my advance on the next one too. They know I'm gonna be around. Yeah. I need it. Metro Boomin want some more. Cuz I got a really big team and they need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team. I got a really big team. They need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host. Kelby Bachman and the song you just heard is Big Rings by Drake and Future and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show Matt Mincy. Matt wrestled at Apple Valley High School where he was a three-time Minnesota High School State Champion. He stayed in-state and wrestled for the University of Minnesota. Matt finished his college career wrestling one semester at Minnesota State where he placed third at the Division II National Wrestling Championships. He's now the head coach at SOAR Wrestling located in Minnetonka, Minnesota. I loved chatting with Matt and listening to his story. There were several times when Matt faced adversity and instead of giving up, he chose to battle through and it paid off for him. He's a great example of why I started doing this and what this podcast is all about. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Matt Mincy. Yeah, Sore Wrestling. I was looking into that a little bit. Um, nice little club. Where where's Sore Wrestling exactly um, at? Yep, so we're located in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Cool. Um, some people might know it. They actually have a um event there called Minnesota Number One. So what they'll do is they'll have, you know, they'll try and get as many good good quality high school wrestlers that they can, you know, so they've had traditionally like two time state champs versus three time state champs. They got a big Mm -hmm. bat Minnesota number one. Um, I think at a while back, they did a big event outside where they brought the mat outside nice stuff like that. So it's a pretty cool event. Cool. And that's in Minnetonka. That's just South of the twin cities. Um, yep. So it's actually, um, it's actually a little West. It, okay. It's mostly West, maybe just a smidge South, but yeah, it's about 10, 15 minutes out. Cool. And is that where you, is that where you reside then is minute just in Minnetonka? Or? Um, so I actually lived in, uh, technically it's golden Valley, mm-hmm. but St. Louis park. Um, so it's West on St. Louis park, just kind of about five, six minutes. Um, from Minneapolis, I actually work in Minneapolis about five minutes away. Cool. Okay, cool. So how far away is that from Apple Valley? Um, I would say it's, uh, it's a 20, 25 ish minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get back there often? Um, it's hard. You know, I, I always wondered how people have find time to get in the high school wrestling rooms, mm-hmm. you know, because they may start practice at three 30, you know, and they may to be done at five. Oh, you know, I'm getting off work at four, you know, four 30. So it's just mm-hmm. tough. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's why most of them are, are teachers. Right. <laughs> Cause they yeah. can. Um, but sore wrestling, tell me more about that. How'd that kind of get started? Yeah. So, um, as, as I, I kind of cut my teeth, uh, coaching at J Robinson wrestling camps. So I did that, you know, they kind of have it set up where, especially, you know, your first couple of years, they like everybody to, um, you know, coach the camps is a great way to get some training in and then, you know, get paid and travel and stuff like that. So Jay Robinson's camps, they have a 10 week cycle every summer. So you start, it's uh, 10 days in Iowa for city, Iowa, and then 14 days in Edinburgh, Pennsylvania. Ooh. And we're back for 28 days in Minneapolis and then 14 days in Ashland, Oregon. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So all over. Yeah. So that was kind of my cycle for um, really, I think it's five years. So that's kind of how I, I really got into coaching. Now it was kind of just the first couple of years I was just, you know, I was just in it to train and, mm-hmm. you know, if I did a little coach, you know, definitely wasn't taking it serious, you know, but you know, you're there for 10 weeks. So you might as well, <laughs> you know, try and gain some good qualities. I got, you know, so, mm-hmm. so yeah, I really just kind of started liking it, started getting some good work in with kids, you know, and just kind of seeing them develop, whether it's me coaching or, you know, whoever it was, you know, just kind of seeing these kids get better and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. really kind of took a liking to it there. Um, once I graduated uh, college, I was a graduate assistant at Iowa Lakes Community College. Mm-hmm. So for there, you know, I was working on my master's, started work with, you know, some college kids. And, and, you know, that's where it really got exciting to me because these guys were really committed. Mm-hmm. High school, you know, I mean, you get a, a mixed bag, you know, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, they're there. Um, you know, you might get the, the occasional handful of kids that are really committed. Um, but I really started liking it in college and then went to <clears throat> Minnesota State Mankato, did some coaching there. And then I was actually coaching it quite a bit once I moved back to the cities um, with a club called JJ Train. So I was doing a lot of coaching mm-hmm. um, from there. That club since closed down. Um, and then we just started rolling with sore wrestling. Yeah. Well, whatever happened, do they still have the J-Rob intensive camps? No. So he, so once he stepped down, he mm-hmm. was running them still quite a bit, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, he's getting up there in age and he doesn't like to, you know, it, it's my thoughts on it that he doesn't like to put his name on it when he can't be as involved as he wants to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it's kind of hard for him to kind of, I think, be as mobile and involved as he wants to. So I think he kind of just let him go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those back when I was in high school, I'm a few years younger than you. I graduated in 2010. Um, but man, yeah, those were some of the camps to go to. Yeah. You know? It's tough. And there's a lot of quality wrestling. It's tough even mm-hmm. on the counter sometimes, you know, cause we're in the dorms <laughs> with them. Yeah. We're in the yeah. dorms, no AC sweating. You just got nothing but a little window fan. And, <laughs> and in Oregon, you might fall asleep and it's, you know, 78 and you might wake up and it's like in the fifties or something, you know, mm-hmm. so it's crazy. It can get crazy sometimes. Dang, Oregon. That would, was that pretty cool traveling yeah, you know, it's, Pennsylvania to Oregon? Like, yeah. And, and we drive, so we have mm-hmm. the van, we drive out to Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. we drive back to Minneapolis. And then the crazy thing about it is they have it set up where we do a marathon at the end. It's like a half marathon. You can go mm-hmm. 12, 15 miles, whatever. You finish that marathon, you pack up, you jump in the car and you drive the 
almost 30 hours to Ashland, Oregon. What but, the heck? Like yeah. you run this marathon or you run this? Yeah. Marathon? Yep. So they have us run. So I remember that he had us run two out of the four, you know, you can pick, you want to, where do you want to, you want to run Iowa, Minneapolis, Pennsylvania, just pick two and then be done with it. So, so yeah, that's just kind of how it is. You, you only have to run, I think 12, but you can run the 15 if you, if you want, but, um, but no, Oregon was great. You know, there's yeah. a lot of scenery out there. So generally you get like three days on and then a day off mm-hmm. or, you know, some kind of combination of that. Um, so when our days off, we could kind of just crew up and then look yeah. to, you know, there's a place devil's wash bowl where there was a little kind of like base jumping area that we went to. Cool. There's just a lot of cool stuff out there. Yeah. What, what's the wrestling scene like out in Oregon, you know, for people who, who haven't gone out there or don't get out there. Yeah. So the good thing about it is there's a, there's a couple colleges in the area. Um, there's, I think Ashland's got a team and there's a couple others. So, you know, we'd run our staff practices in between the four, you know, four sessions we're running for the kids and we'd have, you know, our staff practice and we get a lot of those college guys come out with us. Mm, okay. So, you know, it can get pretty intense in that room. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. since like generally, you know, the guys from U of M, they're going to be a little younger. Typically, you know, that's more going to be your freshman, sophomore type kids. And then, you mm-hmm. know, you're going to get your upperclassmen from Ashland, you know, those guys who are not trying to get beat by a, a freshman, you know, <laughs> so they're, they got a little pride on the line too. So it gets pretty, it gets pretty intense. Yeah. Speaking of kind of, you know, upperclassmen, when did you kind of start your did you start at, in seventh and eighth grade in Minnesota? Cause obviously it's one of those States where seventh and eighth grade can wrestle and at the varsity level. Yeah. So, um, my early stages was, was quite a bit, was quite a bit different. I honestly, I was really one of those kids who just one of those kids who thought it was cool to say, Hey, I don't like wrestling. I don't want to wrestle, you know, that kind you know, that kind of mentality. I was just kind of one of those guys. So um, I moved to Apple Valley in sixth or seventh grade. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And then I don't even think I wrestled my seventh grade year. Really? Yeah. I, and I, I could be a little off in the details because it was a while ago, but I think mm-hmm. I, I think I took a year off for, or at least a folk style season off or something like that. You know, we, we had just moved and, uh, you know, kind of a lot going on, just figured, you know, I'd take the season off. We'll see if I get back into it. Mm-hmm. So, um, my eighth grade year taking some courses wasn't wasn't doing well in school but i was back wrestling and um oddly enough they had kind of a hole at 103 which is the weight at the time yeah and uh you know they were kind of looking at me to come up because they had some guys there but they were only like 90 95 and i was a full size 103 um but i applied for the gifted athlete program which apparently you need um in middle school and they actually denied me because my grades were too bad. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to get in there. You know, coincidentally, I think that, you know, if they were able to let me get in there, you know, I think that, uh, you know, maybe I would have had a little bit more to lose potentially. And maybe I'd have been more dialed in. Uh, but that wasn't the case. So I didn't actually start until my ninth grade year. What's the gifted athlete? I've never heard of that. So that you need to do that in order to compete seventh, yep. eighth grade year? Yeah. So essentially and each school must might have their own, you know, qualifications for it or own process. But essentially what happened is they said, Hey, if you want to take a, a wrestler from middle school and put them on the varsity team, then, you know, we need to essentially approve that 
and make sure that things are in order. I guess their mindset was like, Hey, this kid's got too much. He's not even doing well in his classes. What, you know, why are we going to take more of his time and put him on a varsity team? Um, but yeah, that's, that, that was the process. And, uh, and that's how it went. I've never heard of that before. And, and you know, like not for lack of research, you know, but like I've had yeah. friends. Yeah. No, I've never heard anyone mention that, that, and it makes sense though, obviously why right. you need, you know, but yeah, I did not know that that's how it worked. Yep. That was the first and uh, only time I I heard about it as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what, like, what was the threshold for, for grades? You know, uh, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I was kind of like, I was a bad kid back then, you know, I was, uh, I wasn't putting a lot of time into, you know, really in the back of my head, I always, I always knew like, Hey, it's not going to matter until you get into high school. You know, mm-hmm. once you get into high school, that's when your grades count this, you know, I'm here, I'm kind of paying attention, but anything I didn't want to do, I just didn't do it. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if my GPA was like in the, you know, one point something low, low two point something, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I just wasn't dialed in. Yeah. Eighth grade year. Yeah. So then, so then you got in, you know, your eighth grade year, did you wrestled your eighth grade year varsity then? Um, so the eighth grade year is actually when I got denied for varsity. Oh, right. So, yep. so I was on the team still going to the practice and stuff like that. Um, and I was, I really connected. I was on the freshman team is what it was. Um, so they had me in a lot of those were still getting some good matches. Um, mm-hmm. it's my eighth grade year, you know, those, the guys, um, on the grade above me, the ninth graders at that time, they really kind of took me under their wing, mm-hmm. you know, we got, and I really liked those guys. So that's when I really started re- liking wrestling again. Um, but I was kind of behind the eight ball, not wrestling the year before. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, my eighth grade year, I, was, I didn't even make freshman state. That's, you know, that's. Uh, where I was at there. So I think I took fourth at sections, you know, and it wasn't like I got upset, you know, it was just, I got beat. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's just kind of where I was at, even though I had, I was inconsistent, you know, where I'd have some quality matches, but for the most part, I was still ways behind. So then did the flips or the switch flip like right around then and going into your freshman year when you started to really take it seriously? Um, so really, I would say like my biggest year in terms of like, you know, where the direction that I was going change was my freshman year. Yeah. I think still even to this day. Yeah. I think, uh, I remember wrestling Jim. So Jim Jackson, he was a coach at Apple Valley. Um, so I remember wrestling him one time, uh, just in the wrestling room and, uh, we wrestled some live and stuff like that. And at the end he goes, you know, I really think you can win state. So I didn't know what that meant at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, are you talking about freshman state or varsity state? Mm-hmm you know, he said varsity state. And I, I was really kind of thrown back because I had never had any type of success like that, you mm-hmm. know, like that before, you know, so I kind of just brushed it off, but, you know, I still remembered it. I think it was key um, for me that year. I was able to kind of get around a, a different, uh, I was able to get around a rough environment, mm-hmm. you know, guys who are kind of on the same page, started to develop some positive quality, start working hard or stuff like that. You know, and I had a coach that believed in me, so I just kind of bought in and it definitely didn't happen mm-hmm. overnight, but mm-hmm. I, I saw a ton of changes my ninth grade year. Yeah. How'd you do your ninth grade year? How'd you finish? So it was an up and down year. I think my final record was 31 and 19. Mm-hmm. So I started off, I actually got a, a, a real nice start. Um, I actually started off my first match. I 
think the kid was from Eden Prairie, but he was number one um, in the state at 103, which is a weight below where I was at, you know, 112. Mm-hmm. So me and him were kind of banging and, you know, I was ready to go. Um, I think I might've been down by like four or five or something like that. Then he lat dropped me and pinned me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was tough. Definitely didn't like that, but it, it just spurred me to kind of keep my training rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the early fourth of the season, I had like a 75% win record. Um, but then what happened is I was supposed to go down to 103 for the clash. They thought it was a good matchup where they thought, Hey, if I can get down there, you know, it'll put us in a good spot. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I wasn't very good at cutting weight. I mean, this is my first real yeah. year doing it. I was coming down for quite a bit. Um, and I did make it, but I was just worthless. I was mm-hmm. just, I just got thumped, just beat bad. It wasn't even a match. So that ended up backfiring. Um, and that kind of put that kind of spun things pretty out of control for a while. I think I lost mm-hmm. like the next nine out of 10 matches or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember one time where like I was listening to a song as I was warming up, literally go back up, go out there, get pinned. I'm back on the bench, sipping a Gatorade, the same songs plan, you know, that was yeah. for me. Oof. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, when you're that young though, and especially in high school, like no one's really good at cutting weight. At least I feel right. like now, now they're a little bit better, but back when well, we, wrestling's we were getting, wrestling's getting so much more competitive nowadays, you know, especially mm-hmm. at an early age, you know, you got, you got people pretty crazy about it, even as a young age. So they're getting these kids mm-hmm. cut weight. And I think that whether it's cutting weight or just technique wise or whatever it is, they're just coming out a lot more prepared nowadays than I think, mm-hmm. you know, when I, when I was a youth wrestler. But, yeah. It sounds like right there, you may have come at a crossroads where you're kind of starting to get thumped and, you know, you, you went one way, you know, you became a three-time state champ, but you could have went a different way. What, what kind of stopped you from going, you know, taking a different route? Um, you know, at that point it was just, you know, wrestling was, I mean, it was, it was my sport system. I suppose you could say all my friends wrestled, um, you know, I really liked the coaching staff. It was just like my, um, social ecosystem was just mm-hmm. entwined with wrestling. So I didn't, uh, it was really never, you know, it, it was tough times, but it was really never, um, you know, once I got there in my ninth grade year and just really kind of got involved with it there was never really any options of changing. It was really just kind of like, you know, Hey, it just, you got to figure it out, you mm-hmm. know, essentially. But, um, but yeah, eventually I don't know what had happened. I just kind of got on a little roll my ninth grade year, um, started cruising, had a, had a big win or two. Um, it's actually mm-hmm. kind of funny because, uh, and I remember this still, I was wrestling this kid from Albert Lee and I, I must've tossed him to his back or something. And I was up like eight to three, and people were giving me crap because it was like the beginning of the third period. And I just, I was just smiling <laughs> almost the rest of the night. I couldn't believe that I was, you know, that I was getting this big win and I just felt so good about it. And then I, mm-hmm. and then I got the win. And then from there I was locked in and I started to gain some real good momentum going into the state tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Albert Lee, they, they've always been, or at least back in the day, they were, they were solid. Yep. Yeah. They, they've been really, uh, I think for consistently that we were, you know, top five, top six, kind of wrestling Mm -hmm. those guys at state stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I rolled into the state tournament that year and, uh, 
I'm wrestling a guy first round and what, you know, I think I might've been winning the match, but it was just a complete back and forth, back and forth match. Um, at one point I ended up kind of throwing him to his back, running a half. And then I remember hearing Jackson, you know, my coach going crazy, pin him, Mincy, pin him. And like Mm -hmm. thinking like, why is he going so crazy? Um, I ended up, he ended up coming back, you know, I'm down like 10, 11, trying to stand up going Matt return me, Matt return me. I ended up losing 10, 11. Mm-hmm. Come to find out that was the state champ from the year before. Really? And you had no idea? No idea. So, <laughs> yeah. How were you doing in the classroom? Oh, much better. Much, much better. I mean, I mean, I honestly, I always knew like, Hey, this, you know, the middle school stuff doesn't matter. Once we get into, into high school, everything's going to change. Um, so once I got there, I think my GPA ran away was like a 3.6. Nice. Switched out my study habits, everything, you know, just kind of knocked it out. Um, you know, because, you know, always in the back of my head, I always kind of believed that I was going to do some sports in college and I knew I had to be squared away there. So I knew, Mm -hmm. you know, once I actually got there and it was time to buckle down, you know, I knocked it out and then, yeah, it was a, it was a complete change on that end. Nice. Good. I mean, that's, you know, that's um, interesting that like, you know, middle school, it wasn't going so well and you were able to make that adjustment and just, cause a lot of times people might be like, ah, I'll knock it out. And then they hit a roadblock or something like so it's harder than I thought. Right. And you were just like, mm, completely yeah, different. It was just a matter of, you know, I knew what I needed to do and I just need to set the time aside and knock it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's always, it, it's kind of, I think it's one part of human nature where it's like, excuse me, if you don't feel like you need to do something, it's a lot harder for you to do it. But if you know you need to do it, you know, you need to set the time aside and you kind of buckle down and you say, all right, you know, whatever it is, you know, we'll do it. Um, you know, we'll just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the clash, I read interesting article. I think it was your senior year at the clash. Um, some controversy kind of ensued, you know, um, you're wrestling a kid from Waverly and he, he headbutted you or he hit you or something. And you were at the ref and you were like, what the heck, man? And, and they docked you unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah. You know, I can't, the details on that are a little bit fuzzy, but mm-hmm. from what I can remember, I feel like, you know, and everybody's going to say this, but I feel like that, and it sounds like kind of petty even saying it, but I feel like there, it, it just seemed like the ref was just kind of out to get me. I had him in a, in a match before that, you know, and he was kind of just like, you know, he was just kind of doing some weird stuff in the match, mm-hmm. you know, and I think yeah. he just really kind of tried to stick it to me there, but I can't remember exactly what it, what happened there, but I do remember um, that happening. Yeah, I do remember. I or I do know exactly what you're saying. I mean, everyone, they're all they're in every sport, you know, like in basketball, you got those players that maybe aren't very good, but they're just pesky and they just try to get under your skin or something, you know? Yeah, wrestling, they have that in wrestling. Yeah. You know? And, you know, and, and I probably, you know, I had my. I certainly had my demeanor where I'd probably try it. You know, I'd, I'd certainly bring some of that or, you know, it's one thing if a kid's just kind of going about his business, but maybe I kind of, you know, I kind of was a little edgy at, at sometimes too. So, you know, that kind of comes with the, with the territory. I suppose. Yeah. And then you also, that same tournament, you had your 103 match win streak snap. So tough oh, tournament yeah. for you then, but I mean, yeah. How did yeah. you kind of bounce back from that? No, I mean, it was a lot. You know, yeah. Yes. And I remember that, that 
So that match specifically, I do remember, um, you know, I would say like, I would say that me and Jim Jackson always had a great relationship. I think like he was all, he always kind of knew how to really kind of get me dialed in in the zone. And I always felt like I was pretty close there just naturally. He always knew kind of knew how to get me dialed in. So I think that throughout a good portion of my career, I was just rolling, you know, I was just kind of just got rolling you know, it has its ups and downs. Um, but for the most part, you get back in track, you start cruising. For some reason, I was just off uh, my senior year um, at the clash. I don't know what it was. I think mm-hmm. I got back on that match, you know, and, it, it, and I watched it because it was online and it's just like, I'm not moving. I'm kind of in a rut. You know, I don't know if it was just, you know, looking back on it, I don't know if it was just kind of a ton of pressure, uh, you know, some other things in social life kind of stressed me out or what it mm-hmm. was, but, but I certainly did not show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, for either of those matches. Yeah. But you know, you turn things around, you won three state titles. Yep. Um, gosh, that's just tough. That's tough to yeah. do in any state, especially Minnesota. I mean, man, what was it like to, you know, first, second, third, do any of them stand out to you? Um, so really they, I mean, they, they're, they all have their own story, you know, mm-hmm. um, my sophomore year. So my freshman year, I lost first round Alex meager. And mm-hmm. then, me and him were at the same weight my sophomore year. Okay. So he beat me um, in the duel and he beat me at the Christmas tournament. And it was, you know, and he just controlled the match both times. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, it was like a solid five, two, you know, five, three, something like that, but I wasn't Mm -hmm. in on any, any great shots. He was really frustrating me, you know, not a lot I could do. So I think I kind of hovered around rank third or fourth all year. Um, and then out of nowhere before the state tournament, he went down to 119. Really? Yeah. So he went on at 119 because he lost to Terrence Young the year before that. And, if you know, I didn't spend a whole lot of time wondering why that happened. But to kind of, you know, reflect on it, I think maybe him and Terrence had a little animosity or something like that, where he wanted to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to go down and I'm going to beat you this year. But Mm -hmm. that left things wide open for me. I thought that was the first time I was like, I remember jogging in the wrestling room thinking, Hey, like I could maybe win state this year, Mm -hmm. you know? So that just kind of was a little bit more to kind of get me dialed in. But, um, but yeah, I was excited about that. Um, and I just went into that tournament, just crushing kids, Mm -hmm. just crushing them. I think in the, in the semis, I got a pin and boom, that meant I was going to the finals, you know, so mm-hmm. for the next like 20 minutes, I remember being <laughs> in, in the XL energy center and they have this tunnel and they have these like kind of locker room areas and I'm in there sitting down just kind of ripping the tape off wherever I had it. And I'm just grinning, just smiling <laughs> ear to ear. And, and then somebody that I didn't even knew is looking at me. I was like, okay, I take it. You just won, huh? And I, was just, I was so excited. You know, mm-hmm. just to be in the finals, you know, I'd be out there wrestling in front of everybody. You know, I had never done anything like that before. So, so yeah, I was pumped about that. What, what about that? Describe kind of, cause that, that I feel can be a lot of anxiety or like nerves, you know, wrestling in front of that many people. Yep. So it was just, I guess you can kind of break it down into two parts. You know, first part is like, Hey, I'm just excited about it right now. Cause I won, you know, and I, you know, and just so many things kind of coming together, you know, just, you know, 
finally turning the corner my ninth grade year, putting in the work and now being able to wrestle in the finals, you know, I was just excited. And then once that settled down a little bit, you know, when I was in the tunnel, it was a little bit like, okay, now I actually have to do it. You know, now it's, now it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was tough. So I, I definitely didn't think that um, I started very strong. I think maybe I was, I did come out a little flat mm-hmm. and, uh, and actually, you know, my match was probably one of the most controversial and I guess you can call it exciting mm-hmm. match of the tournament that year, because I was down, what was I down? I was down like five to eight and you can see it on the, in the highlight down five to eight. I'm on bottom getting ridden out. And then I, I look over to see the towel tapper come out and then I just kind of get this burst of energy. Boom. I stand up. I kind of just like kind of reach around for like a double overs mm-hmm. and then throw him to his back and up getting a, a two uh, reversal two near fall with 0.2 seconds left <laughs> in the match to win. You know, I just walk yeah. Matt for about what felt like 10 minutes while they figure out where to award the points. Really? Dang. Yeah. So they, how did they, did they review it or like, what were the, just the refs talking? Cause you probably yeah, had two refs. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I just remember pacing around, you know, just kind of waiting for them to do the thing that you could see like four refs mm-hmm. uh, chatting in the, in the video there. And then they came up with the two and that was that one, nine, eight. Mm. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> um, so you're, yeah. Moving on to your junior year and your senior year, just, yeah is that when things just kind of took off and you just started to hit a new level yeah so you know at one state you know so you always want to at a certain point you always want to kind of say hey what are my goals mm-hmm. you know, so at one state um but it certainly wasn't in the most convincing fashion mm-hmm. you know so i kind of just said hey this is my year to dominate Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think with anything that, you know, especially wrestling, you know, there's state champs, but then there's, you know, I mean, there's four, you know, there's 14 of them or, you know, there's tiers to state champs. So I'm like, yeah. you know, I really want to kind of be one of the best guys in the state. Um, so I wanted to dominate. That's what I set out to do. Um, pretty much did that wrestled up a lot of weight to get some, uh, to get some good competition. Most of the year, um, everything was going smooth. I uh, had some things in my life in order so I can really just kind of focus on wrestling, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I had bonus points in almost all my matches. I think the state Jeez. tournament, yeah, state tournament, I was up, um, I think like 14 to two, something like that. And then, you know, I ended up getting inside trip to mm-hmm. my back ran at the end. So I think maybe it was like, I won, you know, 14 to four or mm-hmm. whatever it was, but it was kind of a little sour taste in my mouth because, you know, as time runs out, you know, I have to essentially stand up for my back <laughs> and, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, that part of it was a little tougher, but yeah, you know, I just kind of, um, just cruised through my junior year. It was great. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you a story here. Um, the first time I remember watching you wrestle, um, you guys, do you remember coming down and wrestling at the Luther wrestling camp in Decorah, Iowa? Yeah. Yep. I do remember. Yep. So you came down there one year um, and Apple Valley, I don't know if like you guys didn't have singlets or something, you know, (laughs) you guys came down wrestling in your shorts and t-shirts and you know, that was one of those things where shorts and t-shirts like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Easy win. (laughs) Yeah. So you go out there and uh, you wrestle my brother. 
Okay. And and he was he was, you know, he placed eighth his senior year. So I mean, he wasn't terrible, you know. But you came out there and uh, you tossed him to his back like three times in the first <laughs> period. <laughs> and me, my one of my buddies sitting there like laughing at him, pointing, you know, because <laughs> you know, um, you know, like after the second time, you'd think, okay, let's stop yeah. tying up with him. But eventually, right. you just pinned him in like the second period, but. And then after we came off and he was like, what the hell, man? Who was that kid? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so then we found out it was Matt Mincy and we're like, okay. So we, that's how we kind of, that's what led me to you. We kind of kept track of you and where you went and what you did. Cause you tossed him around like a rag doll. Yeah. We, <laughs> and it was we, awesome. <laughs> we camouflaged ourselves. We came in as, <laughs> as, as, nafs and then uh we turned it on pretty much pretty much (laughs) but but yeah i i don't know how i learned it or or what but i've always kind of had this like little hip toss that i would get to quite a bit and again i don't think anybody really showed me it or or where i picked up for me it was just kind of a natural feel for me but but yeah i was doing that quite a bit Mm -hmm. yeah um so i want to touch on um what year was it your fresh freshman year retro freshman you you went to minnesota yeah um but you had to take you off because of academic probation yeah you know um which a lot i'm a lot the reason i want to touch on this is because a lot of athletes go through i mean i went through it and i wasn't even an athlete you know yeah um it's different it's tough going from high school to college and then the demands for wrestling or being an athlete and being a student you know yep so, you know, the thing is, is, you know, I was going into U of M, but the only reason I was at U of M was because I wrestled, you know, mm-hmm. I mean by that, is, excuse me. Um, my girlfriend got waitlisted. My girlfriend at the time got waitlisted. She had a three, six, you know, wow. she didn't get into U of M. I was strolling there with a two, nine, you know, so just getting right in. So they put, they did put me in this program because they kind of said, Hey, you know, it's kind of an athlete program to say, Hey, let's kind of monitor these students and kind of get them in a, and some of these courses just so we can watch them a little bit, make sure we're kind of taking care of their study habits. But it was tough. Mm-hmm. You know, it was real tough um, because, you know, we're waking up at 540 to go on, uh, you know, for a 615 run, we're going out for a four mile run. I had never, you know, really been a runner before. I think I ran more than a mile twice, maybe three times in my life before mm-hmm. going to U of M. And now we're running, th- you know, two, three, four miles, uh, three, four times a week. So that was a whole new, that was a whole new ball game for me. That was quite, a, you know, quite a bit. Um, Cause I'm not really a runner either. <laughs> you know, I'm a sprinter. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not, a, I'm not a, a, a cross country athlete by any means. Right. You know, so, but then we got to run, I mean, if we just kind of run through it, boom, you have to do that. And then you got to just run back and you shower, you sneak a quick breakfast in and then boom, it's right to class, you know, and that from what, eight to, to nine 30, boom, jet back, try and grab some lunch between your, your 11, 15 class to, to, you know, two. Um, and then from there, you know, you have practice. And then we had an, you know, lot go back at dinner and then it's three hours. Uh, you know, we had three hours, 10 hours of study hall 
each week. You know, so a lot of times we try and knock out, you know, three at a time. So hopefully we can open up some time Thursday and Friday to mm-hmm. you know, kind of hang out a little bit. So, um, but that was, that was tough, you yeah. know, just wake up and do it again. I think, uh, I think somebody had a picture of all, like five of us on the team, uh, you know, just kind of sleeping in the front row in some auditorium, you know, mm-hmm. cause, cause we were just exhausted. Yeah. And I think, um, that gets missed a lot of times, you know, with, with the student athletes and what they're going through and how it might affect their performance and yep. what the demands are. So, you know, a lot of respect goes out, you know? Yeah. I mean, with anything, you know, there's, there's things that you have to balance and you got to figure out what, what balance, um, you want. And sometimes you have kind of this target balance in mind that you think is going to kind of work for you. And then you find out, you know, that that balance doesn't work for you, you know, mm-hmm. and then from there again, it's just right back to the drawing board, you know, kind of get, find a new balance, you know, and then just kind of roll from there and try that one out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I think if, if, at U of M, if you get a, under a two Oh, two semesters in a row, then you're on academic suspension. Mm-hmm. I think I got a one nine eight and a one eight six. So first semester I was right there. Um, but yeah. So, and then they kind of told me, they're like, yeah, just so you know, you're on academic probation. Yeah. But nobody really explained to me what that was. So I was just like, okay, you know, what, that doesn't really mean anything to me at the time. So you just kind of keep going about your business until, so yeah. Um, they're like, yeah, if you don't take summer's classes, and pass them with these grades, you'll be suspended for one year. So I'm like, okay, wow. Um, you know, so I took speech. I got a B. I needed to be in this computers class. Um, I think I ended up getting like a D in it. So mm-hmm. paid a class. So yeah, and then I was off. Uh, I had to leave for a year. So you had to leave. Like, what do you what do you mean? You had so to leave. You're an academic suspension, mm-hmm. um, then you can't attend that school for two semesters in a row. Okay. Cause I've only been on academic probation, you know, yeah. I've gotten yeah. that letter and you're like, what the heck is this? <laughs> yeah. You know? I didn't learn that lesson. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. yeah. yeah. Well, I, I always left before, you know, they could suspend me. So like, right. I right. would have been there right there with you, you know, and um, so you have to leave. So you're not enrolled anymore. Like, yep. So even- um, yeah. So that was weird. You know, that was, that was a, that was a real uh, tough time for me. Mm-hmm. What'd you do? Nothing. I mean, I, I think maybe I just, I can't even remember. Um, I don't know if maybe I was, I was working somewhere or, or maybe I was just training. I don't know. I don't know, but you know, wrestling has been, you know, just like, you know, kind of my, my social ecosystem forever, you know, just mm-hmm. all my day, everything revolved around it. Then I'm just kind of sitting out there you know, at home now, back in Apple Valley, uh, not really knowing what to do there. So, so yeah, that was tough. And I remember talking to a few different coaches, um, you know, about, you know, getting me in their programs and, you know, I was taking a look at, um, I was taking a look at Augsburg, mm-hmm. you know, and I was actually semi committed to going there. Um, you know, but I just kind of went through my thought process and just kind of said, hey, you know, I just, I, you know, I felt like I set out to do U of M, you know, and I didn't want to, uh, you know, everybody leaves a program for a different reason, mm-hmm. you know, just because it works out, doesn't work out somewhere. Doesn't mean that, you know, somebody was taking the easy route or just because someone goes D one to D two or D three doesn't mean like, Hey, you know, they're copping out or anything like that. But I just, 
personally didn't want to be a person that said, Hey, this is too tough. I'm, re- I'm leaving because it's too tough. Now, if I would have had some other legitimate reasons, you know, then sure, you know, I would have taken a look at that. But I, I just remember that kind of sticking out on me and just been like, you know, that's not a good reason for me to change and go from U of M to Augsburg. So I got dialed back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I route to U of M, just kind of say, hey, what's that going to look like? And I actually went out to um, Iowa Central for a semester, um, wrestled in their room, jumped in um, mm-hmm. in the spring. I uh, got my grades back rolling there. I think I had, you know, somewhere in that three, six, three, seven range right on. in the semester and summer courses that I took there. Uh, but yeah, I just jet out there and I just, I just knew I wanted to get back on track. Nice. And so then, yeah, I was going to say, you know, like you got, you got back right on track, man. I mean, you, that that's what the story is about, you know? Yep. Um, and you got back into U of M, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. so <laughs> Got back in there. Um, you know, things are going smooth. Um, just back wrestling. I was a lot more prepared this time for what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I was able to kind of allocate the time I needed to because I just said, hey, you know, this can happen to you once, you know, but I definitely don't want to be in the same boat a second time. So, yeah, I just, you know, again, I just found that I uh, just kind of altered my balance a little bit, you know, with you got your social life, your schools and, and wrestling, you know, so I was kind of able to um, find a balance that I fit, felt worked for me at that point. Started getting uh, a lot better. Um, started to get, you know, I think the big thing was, you know, try and get very big, you know, basic technique. They had their kind of curriculum, mm-hmm. uh, there that they kind of tried to push on us, you know, with J Rob and Becker and Eggman and all those guys. So just trying to get more basic with my technique, start rolling. I actually did start, um, I bumped up to 57, you know, it was a little small there, but there was a spot for me. Um, so yeah, I was just kind of cruising at 57. Um, and yeah, I was just kind of rolling from there a bit. Yeah. And how were the grades when you finally got back in? Good. You know, from there, um, you know, I think I graduated with somewhere around, you know, three, Oh, three, one, something like that. Right on. Um, so, so yeah, I thought it was sort of kind of cruising there. Um, but again, the big thing is just kind of like, I just had to set the time aside and I had to be very efficient with my time. You know, sometimes I mean, sure we're at study hall, but you know, there's 10 of us in there. <laughs> You know, we're not, yeah. <laughs> not being very efficient with our time in, in that regard. So I had my own space at that point that I was able to kind of set aside, really kind of knock some things out. And then, you know, once your work's done, you know, do what you need to. But I, but I learned to be very efficient with that time. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a very crucial point right there is efficient with yeah. your time. You know, if you're a student athlete, I mean, you just listed, you know, your freshman year, what what you went through. And, yeah, you have to be efficient with that type of a schedule um yeah so how'd you do at minnesota kind of talk about that you had what 40 43 wins Um, yeah you know you wrestled in some big 10 duels yep so um you know all in all it was kind of an up and down um you know i think one of the big things is you know i had some struggles my freshman year but you know, we had the number one crew class in the country, I believe that year, you know, we had a kind of a balance of, of guys in there where, you know, I think that, you know, we're the type of guys where if you put, you know, these group of guys around some real strong leadership that, you know, any one of us would kind of pick up, but I think the, the combination of all of us kind of hanging out together, I think was, was, was maybe a little, uh, maybe not, um, set up for success, I think. 
um, you know, we like to kind of, you know, get off track a little bit or, or, mm-hmm. or this and that. I think the other thing is that we all kind of had like a style that wasn't necessarily, um, fit like what there's, you know, so we, they essentially were looking to a complete overhaul of our wrestling style. And, uh, you know, that takes time, you know, and that's, that, that it can be kind of a, you know, a difficult process. So, uh, you know, I think if I would have had another two, three years in the D one room, maybe that could have, um, you know, really start equated to some good, you know, kind of progress towards my goals. But I, I think, uh, you know, it just took, took me more time because I was trying to change so many things. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say that I, um, achieved my goals necessarily. Um, uh, but I did learn quite a bit. You know, I, I learned, uh, you know, I, I'm not a fan of running, but just balancing that, you know, hard work on the runs, just really kind of diving into, it, it just taught me a ton about myself to be able to get in and, and work with these guys and see how they work and, and to try and pick up um, so many of those quality habits from those guys um, that even though I wouldn't say that I achieved my goals, um, just in terms of life skills and, and, you know, habits and mindsets and stuff like that, it was extremely um, instrumental for me uh, once I made that transition um, out mm-hmm. of wrestling. Yeah. I mean, one of the big things, you know, kind of what I touched on with Destin, you know, perseverance, man, you, you really persevered, you know, you had multiple opportunities. It seemed like to, you know, change the trajectory of, yep. of not only your wrestling career, but your life. And, you know, you not saying you were a bad kid by any means. I'm not trying to say that, but I'm saying you put in the time and effort to succeed. And in my eyes, that's what it boiled down to. And that's what happened. You know? Yep. Yeah. I think uh, it, it, and I always thought that I was a, a good kid, mm-hmm. um, but I certainly could. I certainly did what I wanted at, at certain times and people didn't necessarily like that. Uh, but a big thing is, is I felt like I needed to, you know, I, I mean, people need to grow up. You know, I mean, and that's just going to take longer for certain people. I, I think uh, it took me, um, it took a lot of things for me to kind of gain those good, good professional qualities or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, it took, you know, some of these things happen for me to kind of refocus and say, you know, cause again, it's, it's what you need to do. Okay. So I figure out this isn't working. I got to make some changes. Okay. This is what works. Okay. I'll do that. Um, and then if you see that starting to break down, it's like, you know, that's kind of the process of growing up, you know, people grow up when they have to, and when things mm-hmm. kind of get shaky and fall apart, you know, you got to take another look at things. You got to see what you're doing wrong. And it kind of forced me to gain a lot of those positive qualities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, um, the story doesn't end there. Um, I found this very interesting. Um, so you graduate from Minnesota and you still have a semester of eligibility left at D2 or NAIA. Yes. I thought that like that kind of blew my mind that you had yeah. a semester of eligibility left, not at Division One, but at D2. Yep. Like, how'd you find that out? You know, I can't remember exactly. I think maybe it was just like. And again, maybe a little fuzzy on the details, but I think I remember something popping up with um, the guillotine and how something like maybe it was like D2, uh, D2 or D3 switches to 10 full-time semesters or something like that. And I was just like, oh, you know, so I was able to look into it a little bit. And I actually remembered thinking that I was going to transfer right from U of M to Augsburg like the following year. And mm-hmm. I remember talking to the coach at the time, Mark Madsek, 
And I just kind of brought it up real casually, like, Hey, you know, am I going to come wrestle for you next year? <laughs> and he kind of was like, what are you talking about? You know, and th- I think this was at like NCAAs or something. So we were just kind of passing them by. I knew him, you know, I just kind of chat with him quick before we kind of get to our next thing. And he was like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, yeah, it's 10 full-time semesters, right? I didn't go to, um, I didn't go to school that second year. And then he kind of like something sparked up and then he was like, yeah, we're going to chat about this, you know, but I was on academic suspension that second mm-hmm. year. I took a semester off um, so where I wasn't at any, you know, so I was at nine full-time semesters and sure, you know, I was kind of, I was at, um, I was central, but I didn't compete for them, mm-hmm. you know, so I had a full-time semester and a year of eligibility, you know, so that kind of dialed me in. So then we were trying to figure out how it was going to work with me in Augsburg, but then they were like, okay, our conference doesn't allow graduate students to compete. So I'm like, oh, you know, is this really going to be the thing that stops me? So me and my advisor, we were kind of like deciding like, hey, I was taking a one credit bowling class my last semester of U of M. <laughs> that was it, just one credit. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, do I withdraw from bowling? Um, so I don't graduate and then jet over to Augsburg and then, you know, so I compete, obviously my advisor advised against that heavily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there was a lot to it and they're kind of like, I don't know, even if you did that, I don't know if it would work and it, you know, they're going to rule potentially rule against making a change on that here in the coming weeks. And it didn't happen, you know, so it kind of just, um, it just kind of left, you know, the idea just kind of left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when I was getting, that's why I got into graduate assisting. I think that's when I saw that D2 just changed to 10 full semesters. Mm-hmm. So from there, I'm like, you know, I'm back, you know, so it was kind of, you know, but I've been out of the game for a while. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what people are going to think about me kind of coming in there. I didn't necessarily have, you know, I wasn't an all American at, at U of M. So it's like, you know, or, you know, what's kind of, you know, where people going to, what kind of people are going to look for me to get in there. Mm-hmm. So I was actually reaching out to a lot of the coaches, um, looking at, you know, St. Cloud, Mankato. Um, I think there was another one that I reached out to. I think I was looking at Oklahoma city or something like that. They didn't get back to me. Um, I think the Notre Dame coach had reached out to me. Um, but yeah, I just knew I was coming back. Um, I just really wanted to, I felt like, you know, I did a lot of wrestling in college, but I didn't necessarily have a ton to show for it. So I was mm-hmm. like, what perfect way to, you know, go down there, potentially win a national title and just kind of, you know, actually having something there just kind of symbolize the work that I put in these past mm-hmm. five or so years. Yeah. Um, so you were kind of doing the recruiting for yourself. Yeah. Like you were calling and, the coaches saying, Hey, Matt Mincy's on the market. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I, you know, obviously everybody knows like, Hey, this kid is, uh, he's coming out of high school. You know, they, they probably don't know like, Hey, we got this 24, 25 year old who just realized he has another uh, year of eligibility. So I kind of had to just kind of jump on things. And the funny thing is, is, is I actually reached out to quite a few places. I just, I, I was open. You know, I, just, I, I like being in big cities, you know, so I reached out to a couple of people. I don't, you know, and again, I might be a little fuzzy on the details, but reached out to a lot of kind of, you know, and people weren't really getting back to me. Reached out on Facebook, you know, they just kind of look at it, you know, probably take a quick second, 
look me up. And you got to remember, you know, a lot of these big names, they come through and, and sometimes they don't always work out, you know what I mean? Especially when they're leaving one place and coming to another, you know? So I didn't know, I don't know if it, maybe they thought that I'd be coming in with some baggage um, or that, you know, I may be this or that or not committed or whatever it is, you know, as I was reaching out to places and they just weren't getting back to me. So I, was, I just kind of decided, Hey, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, um, staying local. So uh, for, for the, uh, longest part of the process, I was kind of set on St. Cloud mm-hmm. and I was going to go there. And then actually I had a buddy or two, um, down in Mankato. Um, so I'd actually, you know, I went out in St. Cloud, didn't really like it. Um, and then, um, you know, a couple of things happened over there and then, you know, I just got set up at Mankato and then from there, you know, I really liked it got, uh, kind of introduced to their, uh, squad there and just started cruising. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you got in touch with the coach there at Mankato. You were the one who, yeah. So I, I think if I remember correct, correctly, I had a, a buddy, um, his name is Sawyer Hoffman. I knew him. Um, so he was good friends with Logan Storley, mm-hmm. um, who I wrestled with, um, at U of M. So he had come down a bunch of times. So I had, I had known him from hanging out with them and I knew he was at, um, Mankato. So I think initially I just, you know, wasn't maybe all that interested in Mankato was probably locked into St. Cloud, but it just kind of, you always want to have a couple options, you know, you Mm -hmm. always kind of want to have some things to weigh against each other. Plus it kind of gives you a little bit of, uh, you know, leverage when you're talking, you know, scholarship money and (laughs) stuff like that. Of course, (laughs) you know, so you always, you know, Hey, I'm looking at you here, you know, I just kind of, you know, but um, the more I went through the process, the more I just, you know, I really started thinking that, uh, you know, Mankato was the place to be. I think I remember St. Cloud actually having two, you know, they had an All-American at 49 and um, 57, both returning. Um, so I was thinking, well, you know, they got two guys right at my weight. Granted, what ended up happening is one redshirted, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think it worked out. You know, they got to Mankato, um, you know, and I think really that was the place for me. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out. And, you know, um, it's, it's interesting how that all kind of happened because Destin, you know, went to UNK and division two and found a home there and had success and you had success at Minnesota state Mankato. And did you, did you touch base with him at all or. Um, so not a ton, um, you know, cause you gotta remember when I was, uh, I was what a sophomore, I think Destin was a, was a seventh grader. So, Mm -hmm. you know, at that point, you know, obviously I understand he's a grown man now, but you know, at that point he was just, you know, kind of a, you know, little kid at that point. Mm -hmm. So I I was kind of connecting with, you know, a lot of the guys, older guys in the group and stuff like that. Um, So, you know, really, I just kind of felt like I had to, you know, make that decision. I know some friends that have gone D2 and D3 and stuff like that. So I was able to kind of follow them and I kind of get an idea, you know, of what that would look like. But, you know, it was interesting trying to come back after, you know, really not competing for that long. I think that was probably, you know, of course, you, you know, you, you believe in your, you know, your efforts and stuff like that, but Hey, I ain't competed in a while. You know, mm-hmm. do I still got it? I'm a little older, you know, you never really, it, it is an unknown for, mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. How long did it take for you to kind of get back in the swing of things then? Well, you know, and during my time at coaching, I developed kind of the coaching style, you know, reattacks, <laughs> snap down, go behinds, mm-hmm. you know, again, being very efficient with your energy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that was going to have to change when I'm going to, I'm going against, you know, 21, 22, you know, conditioned 
athletes, you know, I mean, sure it's D2, but you know, they take it serious there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, depending on what bracket you're in, you can get some of these top D2 guys who could compete D1, you know, like national tournament qualifier type guys, you know? So, so I knew I needed to, to ramp it up and and, and be ready, but I would say, you know, I, I remember the, you know, the first, the first semester, you know, that's when I was really just trying to crank it up real slow, you know, my, my timings off, you know, my footwork, this and that, as you know, wrestling, you know, any little thing makes a big difference, Mm -hmm. you know, so it was just cleaning up on that, but I felt like I got off on a decent start. Um, the big thing is I got to figure out how I was going to compete, you know, um, because as you know, you know, it's a mental game. You gotta be, you gotta be sharp got to be ready. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've seen D one matches where they were there for the six minutes and 50 seconds, but they took one small break. They got taken down. They just one little lapse and focus and you can get taken down. So it really mm-hmm. requires you to be dialed in the whole match. So it took me a while to hash all that out. Um, but yeah, I remember, uh, I, I rolled into, you know, I, I went to some opens first semester mm-hmm. and then at national duels national duels first match i have the returning national champ uh guy who's ranked number one so you know i was excited about it but i could tell some of my buddies are like okay let's see where this guy's really at let's see what this guy's all about (laughs) how'd that how'd that go good you know i just you know i just i i really remember that match pretty vividly in in a sense i just felt like i was just in the zone Mm -hmm. just hit a real nice flow state everything. I just felt like I was on point. Everything was crisp. No, you know, I just felt like everything just worked, mm-hmm. you know, um, ended up winning it five, three boom, put me on the map mm-hmm. jumped me right in the rankings and stuff like that. And then that was the match where I'm like, okay, I'm back. Yeah. You know, and this is what, you know, this is what I'm looking to do the rest of the way, because sure. You know, I had some wins, um, you know, at opens, but you know, the opens weren't, you know, anything too crazy. Um, you know, I had a couple duels, but again, you know, they were kind of like techs and, and some of the guys that I beat during this time period ended up actually doing well, um, at NAIs at the end of the year and stuff like that. But at that time they hadn't done anything. So there was no real way to tell, you know, what that competition was like mm-hmm. that Matt match hit. And then boom, everything, it, it just, you know, it really kind of, all right, boom, double down, doubling down on my focus, mm-hmm. my training, you know, I always thought that these are my goals, but now I know, you know, it's on the table and, and just got me really dialed in. Mm-hmm. Did you have any issues um, academically getting into those? Cause you had to be a graduate, right? So you were a grad student, yep. you had to get into a graduate program in there, which is a little trickier than just getting into a bachelor's program. Yeah. So that process went fairly smooth. Nice. Um, you know, I will say coincidentally that bachelor's, the, the master's program that I was in, they did a great job with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really did a great job. I, I, I didn't, you know, sometimes you learn some of these things in these bachelor, you know, math and this and that, where you feel like, man, I'm not taking any of this with me at <laughs> all. Um, yeah. I learned quite a bit in that mm-hmm. master program. I, I think they really did a great job. Um, but no, I got in, um, that wasn't an issue. I, I, I was, uh, I had, uh, it was a little complicated getting my own training in, um, in the fall considering, you know, I couldn't be, you know, I, I could only show up for one semester essentially. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was a bit of that, that was on my own. Um, but then when second semester came, everything was good. Mm-hmm. 
Good. Yeah. And you, you finished, I mean, in that second semester, you know, you finished the year 28 and three, I mean, you wrestled a lot in that semester. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I mean, so whew. my first loss, uh, what was the kid's name? Uh, first funny because my first loss was to a St. Cloud kit. <laughs> of course. So I was thinking about going there. So they're yeah. like, hey, we they certainly didn't need me at least in that mm-hmm. duel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go out there and I, I just like, you know, the kid was an unorthodox uh, style, you know, real strong. You know, I had a solid game plan that I thought was going to work against him because I knew he liked to go two on ones, you know. So I'm like, uh, you know, that's definitely not going to work on me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had, uh, you know, a little game plan, um, but things just kind of fell apart. It was just like one thing after another, you know, I would like tripping over my own feet in the match. It seemed like, you know, and, it, and I just never was able to um, pick it back up. So I lost uh, pretty con- convincingly mm-hmm. that match. Um, so that was tough. That was real tough, real tough. I remember. Um, but, um, you know, you almost just feel like embarrassed anytime you lose, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just, you know, um, so I was like, all right, you know, I need to kind of stop hanging out with people for a while. I need to get my training back in order. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is, you know, but I need to just get dialed in. So it was actually good to kind of jumpstart me. I mean, it really was, I was able to get, you know, dialed in on some very technique specific stuff, kind of sharpen my mental focus as, as we got close to, um, regionals, you know, because mm-hmm. regionals, um, I was in the regional bracket, but there was four all Americans in that bracket. Wow. Regionals four, and then me. Mm-hmm. you know and then only i think top four go so i'm just mm-hmm. kind of thinking like you know again there's always a base level of like you know i believe in myself you know I, you know once the kind of time comes i'm gonna show up do my thing but i'm kind of like man did i really come all this way back to not even make it to nationals no kidding you know, that would have been i think if, if that would have happened i think that would have been real tough for me moving forward mm-hmm. but but it didn't Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I was, uh, um, things went well, you know, I was able to get in the semis and then, you know, able to make it to the finals, even, you know, got a good win in the semis and the finals, uh, finals match going on and on a single, um, trying to, trying to finish it. I could tell the dues quality because, you know, normally you get in a single, it's my, it's my best move, you know, it's, it's my go-to. So I feel like if I'm getting in on that single, I'm finishing that, mm-hmm. you know, and 95 times out of, out of hundred, you know, I get in there and we're kind of on the edge. So I wasn't able to get it. And then period ended zero, zero. Uh, but I would have to say if anybody won that first period, it was me. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> then I'm going to the second period. Boom. I had a stand up dude locks up cradle instantly brings me to my back has me good and, and this is at the this is like there's a minute and probably 50 seconds left mm-hmm. i can't breathe and i'm flat on my back i could tell right away where that where that was going <laughs> yeah so got pinned just laid an egg in the finals but you know i i got a yeah i got a period in a wrestling you know i know i could wrestle with that guy it's just you know that cradle kind of came out of nowhere yeah um so i'm like all right you know that didn't exactly go how i planned um but it but it certainly didn't shake my confidence mm-hmm. so um just kind of getting dialed in i always thought like hey you know i came back to win a national national title you know that's mm-hmm. what that's what i came back for I didn't, I didn't come back to you know, just to take six, third, you know, and I mean, I mean, you know, obviously it is what it is and, you know, you got to kind of, um, 
you do your best and, and, and the chips are going to fall where they may. But I remember getting a good solid win right away cruising again, just kind of hit a good flow state. And then uh second match came around and again, it was just like, you know, I think I went out there, got the first takedown. Um, but then things just kind of started, you know, I just was feeling off mm-hmm. and just, you know, kind of started falling apart a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I gave up takedowns here and there reversals. Couldn't really get a lot of momentum going. And then, uh, the third period I was up on top, maybe down by like two or something like that. And I'm like, all right, I need to, I need to get a turn and mm-hmm. it's, it's all right because I, I'm good on top. You know, that's mm-hmm. my, that's my bread and butter. Um, once they switch the college turn from three to four, I'm like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm like, this is fine for me. I feel comfortable here. I can still win from here. But then, you know, as time kept shrinking off and shrinking off, I had to start, I had to like, all right, now I got to force it. Mm-hmm. Ended up getting reversed to my back. So now I'm, you know, now that's like what, uh, six points. So now I'm yeah. going lose by nine. That one, that one, that was, that was tough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause obviously at that point, you're, you know, you're not winning the national title. Mm-hmm. I remember just sitting in the back area, just like feeling like a zombie, like just kind of like not really ready to admit what just happened. And I remember coach uh, Jim McCoskey at the time was talking to me and he's just chatting with me, chatting with me, chatting with me. And he's like, all right, Mincy, you're scaring me. Cause I have no idea what's going through your head right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So I like, I, I was just devastated really is just the only way to put it. Um, went back to the hotel and then came back and, and now it's like, I just lost. I didn't, I'm not even all American yet. I lost my quarters. I gotta, I gotta put my shoes on. I gotta become an all American. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I remember thinking like, I cannot believe that I have to put these wrestling shoes back on right now. You know, um, that was the last thing I wanted to do is put those on, take myself through the mental gymnastics that it takes to kind of get in the zone and, and be ready to go. Um, but yeah, you know, our, our, there was a quote, there's a quote at that time that I was looking back on that J-Rob had. Um, he would always say this. He's like, as a man, it doesn't matter. Uh, what you want to do doesn't matter. It only matters what you have to do. And at that point I knew what I had to do. And it was just a matter of kind of lace them up, putting one foot in front of the other and mm-hmm. just kind of going back through that process. So mm-hmm. the next match was the toughest, but then I was able to build a little bit of momentum there. And then I was just kind of cruising, uh, really cruising the rest of the way. Yeah. Third place, you know, and what a way to, what a way to end it, you know, your, your, your wrestling career out yep. on top third place, you know, on, on a win well-deserved, yeah. you know, like after all that you've been through, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, the, the, the trophy is, is the plaque or, or whatever you want to call it. It's probably one of my most you know, prize possessions, just because it's such a symbol of all the work that, you know, put in over the time and stuff like that. And then the whole journey, it's just kind of like the recap, you know, this is, you know, this is, you know, again, it's just a symbol of all that work. And, you know, the, my third place match, uh, I had the guy who I wrestled, you know, at the, um, at the national duels, the guy, the national champ from the year before Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, wrestling in the match. Um, and then he ends up taking me down and so I'm losing. Um, so I'm just firing off shots, boom, just trying to get in. He, you know, he's kind of stalling a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
And then boom, the rest calls him for stalling. Now it's going into overtime. And it was actually kind of a crazy match because um, St. Cloud and Notre Dame were neck and neck for the national championship mm-hmm. at the time. And if I won, essentially that secured the state, the national title for St. Cloud. So everybody was like, everybody was kind of into that one. So mm-hmm. I remembered it getting kind of crazy, but yeah, I'm just kind of firing off shots, just kind of hustling. Uh, got that stalling call, takes it into overtime. Um, so again, you know, just kind of things are just kind of getting hyped up a little bit. And then, you know, I remember him taking a pretty, pretty bad shot. And then I just mm-hmm. boom, spun around, got the win, but it was good because, you know, he was winning the most of the match. And then I was able to kind of pull it out at the end, boom, left with, um, a victory, you know, just kind of like you talked about, and it was just kind of good icing, uh, to the cake there for that career. Yeah. So the go behind the old coach's move that you were talking yes, about, yes. Attacks, bad <laughs> shot, boom, spin around. Wow. Yeah. And so after that happened, what, what, what did you think was next for you? You know, cause you had spent all this time and energy and, you know, re- in wrestling and, and now it's over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, good question. I, I, I really had to kind of, I hadn't really been thinking about it a ton, you know, cause I was just kind of dialed in on things, but yeah, it was just, t- it was really time for me to just kind of take a step back, reflect on, okay, you know, what do I, where do I want things to go from here? You know, what is my career going to look like? Uh, and stuff like that. And, you know, and, and, and I wasn't sure where wrestling was going to fit in or if it was, you know, I was just kind of like, you know, I was kind of in this interesting phase where I'm just kind of waiting to see what opportunities pop up or, you know, kind of see where life takes me in a sense. Um, you know, it was kind of a roundabout wait way from there, but I was, luckily I was able to kind of, you know, I was kind of, uh, actually entering in a lot of these, like these jobs that I didn't really feel like were setting me up on a path to really, um, do the type of work that, you know, I felt like I could do. So I was kind of doing these odd jobs where I'm just kind of like, and then I, and I'm just like decision, you know, indecisive. So I'm like, all right, I just need to put my foot in the dirt, choose a path that's going to have, you know, some upside for me. Um, and then, you know, just kind of start chipping away from there. So, mm-hmm. um, did that. And then I had some coaching opportunities open up in the Minneapolis area. Um, so I was able to jump on those and, you know, I really enjoy, um, I really enjoy coaching, especially for kids who are dialed in, they want to get better. They want to learn. Um, mm-hmm. so for me to help facilitate that growth, um, really, you know, it, it's something I enjoy quite a bit. So I, mm-hmm. I think, between that kind of new path that I took career wise. And then the wrestling coaches, I, I think that, um, it really allowed me to set my foundation for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. And how, how did you get into sore wrestling? Is this a club that you started or, you know, what, what how did this kind of come about? Yeah. So, um, so once I came back, I was helping out with JJ trained, um, so that was a club, uh, they were working out of Eden Prairie at the time. So, um, we were kind of rolling with that. I was helping out, um, you know, just kind of rolling with the coach in there. Um, it's more youth, which was a little bit new to me. Um, mm-hmm. traditionally I like to kind of stay with the high school and the college. Um, but it was kind of a, you know, wrestling youth is different than wrestling high school and, and high school is different from college, you know, everything you got to kind of, um, figure it out. Um, but yeah, I ended up rolling with it. My brothers, uh, coincidentally are 
you know, at the time they were fourth and fifth graders. So they were youth wrestlers. So it was great that I was able to kind of connect with them. And then, uh, for the reason, um, JJ trained, uh, the guy was looking to step away, uh, looking kind of be done. So then, um, that was kind of an opportunity for me. I saw a lane to kind of jump in, uh, and do some coaching at a wrestling school. And eventually that just kind of molded into, uh, me rolling with sore wrestling. Okay. So sore wrestling, um, it's like different than, so JJ train is one thing. Sore wrestling is another thing. And so you were JJ train and sore wrestling was like, like, Hey, we need a head coach. And you were like, okay. Um, so, so sore wrestling is actually like, I guess you'd call it uh, my business. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, so, you know, my dad came up with the name, um, you know, we had to file, you know, uh, to, you know, some things to, you know, I guess trademarks or wrestling and stuff like that. Um, you know, luckily I was able to, you know, I had some clientele through JJ train, um, you know, and, and they were able to kind of, uh, give me some, uh, you know, kind of, uh, legwork in terms of like, Hey, these are the people that, you know, you should reach out to, you know, these are the people who are in the program now, you know, if you want to kind of jump on these guys. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So it just kind of went from there. All right. So sore wrestling is its own thing and you are the owner founder of so wrestling. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Awesome. Did you ever think that you would be starting your own club? Um, you know, I, uh, I kind of always thought like, yeah, that it would be something that I enjoyed, but you know, I never really, you know, I kind of have this, this weird mindset sometimes where I'm kind of like, you know, you take care of business and, and generally these types of opportunities will kind of present uh, present themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of always had that as like something, um, that if it did present itself that I would be interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't say I necessarily, I uh, was moving towards that as a goal, but it, it's something that, um, I always thought would be good. Uh, and that, you know, now that it's kind of coming to fruition here, you know, I think it's been working out really well. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. How, how did you come up with the name sore wrestling? Um, so actually my dad came up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a, an acronym. It's actually two S's it's successful outcome achieved through repetition and resilience. Um, so sorry, two R's. Okay. So what is that again? Successful yep. outcome achieved through repetition and resilience. Awesome. Sore with two R's. Yeah. <laughs> because one R is not enough. <laughs> Gotta have two of them. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, but you seem like one of the, perfect people to, you know, be a, be a coach, you know, um, because of what you all you've been through, you've been through the thick of it, you know, relatable. A lot of kids are going to have the same issues and struggles that you had, you know, growing up and you're going to be able to help guide them through, you know, and that's, I feel part of the goal of a coach, you know, it's some coaches have maybe an easier path than others. And, you'll be able to, I think, just reach more kids this way. That, that's yeah. why I took away with, with Destin too, you know, like <laughs> yeah, I think you're supposed to do one thing and it may not always work out that way. Yeah. I mean, you always see the, like the, the memes or the, there's like what you think your route's going to look like and what it actually looks like, you know, but at the end of the day, there's a couple of things that stood out to me. One, I understand the impact that wrestling's had on my life, really mm-hmm. allowing me to move towards a, a certain direction and gain a lot of positive qualities. And the other thing is there are some people in my life that were very instrumental and in, uh, guided me through that whole process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I can, uh, do my part to give back in those ways, you know, that's something that I really value. Yeah. I guess expand on that a little bit about who, who had the biggest impact 
on your, you know, on your life wrestling and yeah. off the, off the mat? Yeah. So, I mean, really, I would say really Jim Jackson was really key for me. And, and you know, there's certain people where, Hey, you're either going to love or hate the person, you know, some, you know, a lot of people are going to love you, but then, you know, you got to be okay with some people, you know, not like loving you, but, um, I thought he was very key, you know, especially with, you know, I had some, some issues going on with my personal and family life where, you know, he was something, someone who really, uh, I really felt genuinely cared about me, kind of took me under, uh, his wing and really believed in me. Uh, and what, what felt like a real genuine belief at a time where not a lot of people believed in me. Mm-hmm. You know, or there's not a, a ton of reason. And in fact, you probably had mounting evidence to the contrary, you know, so it was just a very pivotal point for me. Um, and I was able to connect with him. And I think that, uh, you know, I think um, he really uh, helped me orchestrate a lot of major changes in the direction that I was heading. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would say that he was probably the coach really that I connected with, uh, much, you know, you know, better than any others. You know, I think sometimes, you know, I was at U of M and it felt like I was just kind of an employee sometimes maybe just kind of clocking in, clocking out, but, you know, I was really able to develop a real relationship with him. And I think that, uh, I, I think I had a really positive impact on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was your relationship with, um, with, uh, Michigan coaches or Michigan, Minnesota coaches, and also like Minnesota state Mankato. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> with U of M, you know, um, I, you know, my interpretation of you know what happened and then what actually happened might be pretty different. You know, if, if you were to ask those guys, they probably have, they probably say something to be completely different. But you know, in terms of what I interpreted there, it seemed like uh, you know it was just kind of an area where I just kind of show up, I do my work, I go through you know, through the practice. And then, you know, that was just kind of it, you know, and then, you know, if we have meetings or whatever, I talk to them, um, you know, but uh, maybe, you know, they, ha- it, it, and I didn't necessarily come in and do all the right things right away. I, I think U of M's maybe one where it's like, Hey, if you buy in and you really get rolling, you know, then, you know, we'll, you know, we'll have some good training and we'll really kind of connect with you. Uh, but you gotta, you, you gotta show up first potentially, you know, so, mm-hmm. So that wasn't necessarily there, but, um, but I had a great, uh, relationship with Jim out in Mankato, you know, me and him connected well. Um, he's always, you know, he's always going on trips with us and, you know, he's really like a, you know, he's like a, an athlete's co- coach, you know, he really connects with you well. And he, he really, I feel like he really enjoys, uh, spending time and connecting with the guys on the team. So I, I thought mm-hmm. that was too. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was talking to Doug Stryker. He went to Iowa back in the eighties and, you know, he was with Dan Gable and he was, you know, he wasn't really, you know, him and Dan were not like close, you know, that's, he wasn't intense. You know, Dan Gable was obviously really intense and that wasn't his style. So like, you know, I can understand and empathize that you're with a coaching staff that, you know, just doesn't, fit made perfectly, you know? Yeah. So and it's not like, you know, I mean, you know, your college experience is multifaceted, you know, right. I mean? so in, whereas some areas you're going to get more value and some areas you're going to get less value. Um, I don't, um, you know, sometimes you say something that doesn't tell the full story, but I don't want to make it seem like, you know, it wasn't a valuable experience mm-hmm. for again, you know, my time at the U of M, you know, the guys on the team, 
um, and just their overall philosophy as a coaching staff and, you know, the way they kind of led by example and, and were very professional and stuff like that. Those are things that I was able to kind of soak in and mm-hmm. gain a lot of value from. Um, I wouldn't say I had the, you know, the most effective coach to athlete um, training relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there's only, only so many coaches, there's 40 guys on there. And, you know, again, there's a lot of quality things that a, a positives to take away from it. Um, but you know, there's, there's some things here and there that um, weren't necessarily perfect, but again, that just kind of uh, comes with the territory. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, I guess I didn't want to make it seem like, you know, you're strained with Minnesota or whatever, you know, yeah. obviously you had positives to take away, but yeah. um, just trying to get the perception out there that, things aren't always perfect and you're battling through stuff every day as a student athlete. And so, you know, us as fans sometimes have to take a step back, you know, when we see athletes struggling a little bit or whatever, not performing to the level that we expect them to, you know, that they're still 18, 19 years old. And right. I mean, And, and that's a tough, that's a tough transition. Um, you know, for a lot of, for a lot of people. Um, and again, there's just so much things can get, you know, it's high school. Things can be very simple in high school, very simple, but once you get to college, things do get very complex, uh, in in multiple different ways, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, your social circle, um, you know, friends, girls, you know, uh, party in, um, and then, you know, there's an element of being on your own, uh, a little bit, and, you know, what's your support system look like? And are you mm-hmm. going to take the time to make sure that, you know, you have things in order? Because, you know, once things kind of get off the rails, uh, things are moving so fast that it can be very hard to really kind of recenter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, U of M um, is a pretty strong academic school. I mean, you talk yes. about your girlfriend yeah, at I the time. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, they, she was waitlisted at the time. I mean, that's just it, my, my cousin went there and, you know, I know it's, yeah, very strenuous. Yeah. I mean, you know, but, it, but it was good. You know, it just kind of forced me, forced me to figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on, you don't have, you know, but, and things are moving fast, but you just got to kind of figure it out and it may not be perfect. Um, but I just got to kind of, you know, hit the ground running and, and, and try and make, you know, these on the fly changes and, and, and just kind of try and soak up what I, what I can essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like you did that, you know, um, it wasn't perfect, but at the end of the day, I mean, it shaped you into an awesome person, awesome coach and some great experiences that you can share with everybody, you know, and that's my goal of this is, you know, try to get this out there that not everyone's path is what it seems. Right. How many kids do you have in your, in your soul rest? I never, I forgot to ask that. Like how big's your, your, your club right now? So it depends, you know, we generally have it, uh, go into four sections. So we have winter season, uh, freestyle, uh, summer, and then preseason. So for our, you know, we, we just started really rolling about, we're about a year old essentially. Um, so it fluctuates, but our winter season, there'd be times where you'd have 40, 50 kids in there. You know, and for a first year of the program, not really having established your clientele and stuff like that, um, we were feeling really good about that. You know, oh, I have sure. some things, I have some things in mind moving forward where you know I want to potentially 
Um, you know, we're, we're going on two mats. So we have a lot of little kids. It's going real well with the little kids. So we have 10 to 15 little kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then essentially we're on another mat right now where, you know, we might have another, um, 20, 25, third, you know, second to sixth graders. But what I want to do is I want to implement three mats. I want to open up the third mat. We have the space for it. Um, so I want to do, I want to do a beginner intermediate and advanced mat that way, you know, you know, when you have a large pendulum, you kind of, if you go too advanced now, the, the kids who are, you know, not, you know, who are intermediate, they, if they don't know what they're doing, they're going to start messing around. You know, so you got to, you got to actually kind of meet them at their level. So I think now that we open up the third mat, we can kind of meet each group of athletes right where they're at. So I think mm-hmm. it'll allow us to service not only the intermediate kids, uh, but also the advanced as well. So I'm, I'm hoping that once we get to season, we'll be cruising on three, three mats, um, operating at that 50, 60 uh, athlete range. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And that's, that's a, I think that's a really smart idea. Because when you get in those age groups, you do have, like you just said, a large pendulum of different varied, you know, levels of experience and you want to tailor and meet every single one. I mean, I remember in seventh grade, you know, our first middle school practice, you know, our middle school coach was showing a single leg, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I've been doing a single leg since I was like, you know, right. right. And so not only if you're showing advanced stuff, will the, the kids start messing around, but if you start showing two simple of stuff, the other kids will start messing around, you know? Exactly. So. And it can be very complex as a, as a coaching staff, you know, but the other thing that, that, that we try to do, and I actually got this from, from JJ trained is that we really, you know, we really want to have a, a great coach athlete ratio. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? You see some programs and again, they're doing a great job. They're doing a great job and their kids are getting better uh, and stuff like that, but they may have one coach for, you know, 30, 40 kids. Jeez. You know what I mean? Or, and, mm-hmm. and sure, you know, you show them technique and you put them through good drills, um, you know, but is that coach able to kind of walk around and make sure that everybody's doing it right, especially when they're showing new technique and, and there's so much that goes into it, you know, so we try and have, you know, if we're going to have, you know, we try to stay around that one coach for every six to eight athletes. Wow. So I think it's really important. Uh, it's something that's been very important to me that, you know, our kids know how to do for sure. Basic level techniques. You know, if they got the single, you know, are your hands going to be locked? You got your hips and your head up or you, you know, you got bad technique on your, you know, stuff like that. So it's really important. You know, I guess you can say that no, you know, no wrestler left behind uh, mentality or whatever it is, you know, Mm -hmm. we really kind of, you know, our operating costs are a little higher, but we certainly make sure that, you know, we have a good amount of coaches for, you know, the technique we're looking to show. Yeah, for sure. Are you showing your hip toss? Yeah, not quite yet. <laughs> it's gonna. It might be a second before these little guys. Pay for it, but, uh, but once we get into that advanced mat, you know, mm-hmm. sure, uh, uh, for sure they'll be seeing it during live wrestling. <laughs> awesome. Uh, do, do you expand? Do you plan on expanding to like high school as well? And you know, because it sounds like right now you have kind of more little kids. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, <clears throat> so I might, might have slightly, might, we did just recently include, uh, implement a high school program. Um, so that is now on Sundays as we look to move forward that we may include that on Wednesdays. 
Um, but we have a high school program. Uh, we just implemented it this summer. So it's just kind of a matter of continue to work with it and build it. We had a solid amount of kids, uh, right away. It's just kind of, kind of high school can be a little tricky because these guys, you know, once you get your license, these guys are, you know, they're off doing whatever. And during the summer, you know, so to get them to kind of come to a, a wrestling, you know, but we're just looking to build that foundation, connect with the coaches and really just kind of allow that to continue to build its momentum. Uh, but we did just recently incorporate that. I think it's going fairly well for just kind of running with it. Um, and then we'll just put a lot of effort into, uh, into that practice moving forward. Yeah. Awesome. And you know, one thing that you won't lack is lack of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> Excuse me. Lack of like tradition or, you know, lack of, um, Minnesota is very known for wrestling, I guess is what yeah. I'm trying to say. So like, yeah. you know, people are going to want to do it there. So you have that going for you. Um, yeah. And I, and I think the good thing for us is that we've been, you know, we're very inter- introductory friendly, you know, so we've had students, you know, new, new kids all the time, third grade, fourth grade, you know, we fifth, six, we have sixth grader right now that just entered the club, ran away. Um, so we have it set up, you know, wrestling, uh, it could be a, a tough sport to be bad at, you know, yeah. as you, as you know, and it's not always the friendliest to someone coming in in fifth and sixth grade, but I do think that we do provide a track for those, uh, for you to come in and, 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 and have this introductory track. So you don't feel like you're, you know, you're drowning right away. We can kind of get the basics covered. So, and, you know, there still is time at fifth, sixth grade where you can, you know, continue to work and then be a quality, uh, component of a, of a solid high school team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. All right. Do you have much like, do you have a lot of Apple Valley kids coming to your I think the tough, I think the tough thing with Apple Valley is that um, they, they do have Minnesota Elite, which is a wrestling oh, club. Right. They work directly out of their um, the wrestling club. Um, and I think they may even have like a, um, you know, a, a deal where, you know, maybe those guys are, you know, going at a, a discounted rate or free or whatever it is. So it's, you know, it becomes a little bit difficult um, with that. But we have mm-hmm. definitely had some. Uh, we do match night Fridays. Uh, match, match night. Yep. So, you know, it, it kind of provides a different option instead of going to a weekend tournament, maybe getting three, four matches. Um, we bring a lot of quality competition in and you get 10 matches, you know, you don't have to get up Friday morning and drive an hour and a half, come in, get mm-hmm. 10 matches in against some quality opponents and, uh, you know, call it a night and do whatever you want from there. So we've, we've definitely had a lot of, quite a bit of um, Apple Valley guys come through that. Um, but that's been going pretty good also. Awesome. That sounds really, yeah. And it, that sounds really cool because it doesn't take up your whole weekend. Yep. Um, like you're saying, you don't have to wake up Saturday morning, drive an hour and a half, weigh in, spend and, all day. Like, And you might not even get the best matches sometimes, you know, I mean, you can go down and just kind of thump two, three, you know, kids and then get a first place. And then now you're out the door where, you know, at least now we can kind of orchestrate where we are, Hey, these are going to be some quality matches and uh, you know, it works out pretty well. Yeah. Do you have like a ranking system where like maybe you rank one, two, three, four or something that way you match them up kind of by their level. Um, we just kind of, we, we kind of have an idea who these kids are generally. I mean, we have it split up where it's like a younger, slightly younger group and then slightly older group. So mm-hmm. generally, you know, you're going to find the guys at your weight, Typically, you know, some people kind of told us they're coming before, or sometimes they'll just show up, but since we know them or they've been there before, generally we can kind of orchestrate like, okay, now you'll go with him or now you'll go with him or do this or do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to kind of keep our eyes on them because we got to make sure that nobody is, is 
you know, the, the gap isn't too big. Otherwise, you know, the kids get caught in a tough spot. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause I feel like that's also how you keep, keep kids interested, keep yep. them in, you know, like you said, nobody likes to get there you know, <sighs> to get, to get thumped. So, right. You know, but, but yeah, that's awesome. I'm really happy for you. Store wrestling with two R's. That's it sounds like an awesome club for kids in the area. And, um, you know, it's only been a year, but it sounds like you're on the right track. So, yeah. Um, so. But yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, thanks for sitting down, taking some time to chat with a total stranger about yeah. wrestling. But <laughs> yeah, again, I appreciate you having me on. It was mm-hmm. good to connect, come in and connect here. I got a really big team and they need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team. I got a really big team. They need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team, man. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Matt Mincy, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. I'm happy to announce you can now find the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast on Amazon Music and Audible, so be sure to check it out on those platforms. You can check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat to hear more of my content. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Lastly, don't forget to check out the show notes for more information about the Gear Up campaign and visit their website. Again, that website is national.beatthestreets.org slash Let's Talk Wrestling. Take care and we will see you next time.